0: The following is brought to you by Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Michael Bolick, The Joke You Car Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, Jim Wright, Will Harris, and Craig. Oh boy, there are days and there are days, but then again, there are weeks, and boy, are some of those weeks. Welcome to the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast. My name is Justin Robert Young. Uh, January 8th is this edition of the program, and (laughs) sorry if I got a bit of a different energy. It's been a hell of a week. My voice is sore. I think I've done eight podcasts in the last five days. Um, But just when you think there's done being news, boy, is there more news. We will talk about Donald Trump finally putting an end to the 2020 election. Uh, and then we're going to do some uh, mailbag because we have a ton of mail and we're going to get through it. And then that's it. There's going to be no guest. <laughs> it's just going to be me and you. And then I'm going to be done with podcasting for the week. And I'll see all you people Monday. If you listen to all of it, if you're at the $3 level and you listen to all of it, oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. You like my voice even more than I like my voice. And you don't do one mic radio unless you really, really like your voice. But first! We have just been through an intense election and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. And with that, has been a challenging- it only took a embarrassment on the Capitol steps. Something that looked, if you squinted, a lot like a coup. <laughs> the suspension of his Twitter privileges for Donald Trump to bring an end to the 2020 campaign. A campaign that started, at least for Donald Trump, officially in terms of his filings uh, about four years ago. Round about his inauguration in 2017. But it's over now. It's done. Uh, Why did this happen now? Well, in my opinion, because... Ex-presidents are protected and revered and polished back up when they're scuffed. Failed revolutionaries are not. Donald Trump could choose a world in which he has a political future versus one that he doesn't. At the end of the day, those that fought for him, uh, including the Donald.win, which, whew, they're having a normal one, as the kids say. They can be mad. They can be upset that they lost. They can curse the name of Chungus. But Donald Trump will still be their North Star if he comes back and fights for him. He can still be a power player in Republican politics. It meant cutting loose everybody who thought under his energy were storming the Capitol so they might make a statement a statement unlike has ever been seen in this country. And uh, I think that that is bad and, uh, uh, you know, just an absolutely dangerous precedent to set. However, uh, they didn't. And now Donald Trump had to make a choice. You can follow them or you can follow organized politics. That is him choosing to follow organized politics. So what happens now? Well, I'll tell you. I think he's going to play the gracious host to Joe Biden. I think he's going to do the inauguration thing. I think he's going to ride to the Capitol with him. I think he's going to get on the plane. I think he's going to give himself all the trappings of a president leaving office. Because that is what you do when you're that powerful. I mean, what what i think changed over the last 48 hours is that he looked at 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 what the aftermath was and said oh no wait this all can't be taken from me can it because i do think that that if if you go down swinging like that like people are afraid that you're going to foment like the the seizure of a state house or something like this, or, or you are going to, like, not try to attack people at the ballot box, but attack, attack people. That guy goes to jail. You find a reason to put that guy in jail. No matter what he did before. When you are threatening power, you are eliminated. But, if you are a cog there, then you will be protected. Because nobody wants to set the president where... Nobody wants to set the precedent where ex-presidents face repercussions. You've got to make a lot of tough decisions as president. Decisions that if a citizen were to make it, it would it might be a different story. Nobody wants the head of the table to go down because if the head of the table goes down then what happens to the lackeys? Guess what? When you're climbing the ladder, you might go down faster. So that's what I suspect is behind this. Uh, Donald Trump uh, effectively signaled this twice before he said it himself. Indeed, uh, he had Scavino tweet it, and then he had Kaylee McEnany uh, give a statement that was of a similar tenor in the middle of the day. And then he says it himself. And so that's it. 2020's in the books. Indeed, a weirder sequel than 2016. (laughs) You know, by and large, I think 2016 was such an iconic story that um, 2020 was a little overbloated. You know, way too long. Like so many sequels. Way too long. Oh, my God. They tried to add so many new characters Like, that whole first act with, like, the the, the 27 Democrats. I mean, what is this, the Hobbit? Oin, Gloin, Boing, you know, uh, uh, Steyer, Gimbet, uh, Klobuchar, Mayor Pete, right? You knew it was going to be Biden eventually, you know? So they try to fake you out a little bit with the Mayor Pete stuff. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, you know, I I understand that it's a narrative choice that you don't want to tell like the same election story that you told in 2016 with 2020. So you got to do like a little spin, but I don't know. I wasn't a fan of the whole pandemic thing. It it, it didn't just didn't deliver the same kind of election thrills and chills that we saw in 2016. And then let's just not even get into this third act. Oh, my God. When the movie's over, the movie's over. You know, it's it's it, Biden wins on election night. Let's just shut it down, right? I mean, I guess, well, no, they go after election night. So that's already long. But then to drag it out another two months? I will say this, though. Like, yes, it was long. But, boy, action-packed that final 10 minutes. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, you know the the Coachella guy storming the Capitol. That's iconic. You're gonna see that you know at Halloween parties for the next ten years. Twenty twenty, eh? Not my favorite. Not my favorite. I put it behind twenty sixteen. Um, I'm putting it behind two thousand. It was better than two thousand and four, right? Certainly better than uh, twenty. 12 Some people love 2008 overrated for me overrated no conflict but the good news is is that now we can finally get into production on 2024 <laughs> If there was ever a time that uh, you needed to understand the absolute value of what I put into the $3 club, <laughs> it is this week. Let me let me tell you what you might have missed if you if you were not on the $3 club. You missed me doing a Sunday episode in Georgia. Then a Monday episode. Then a Tuesday episode. So those were all $3 clubs. All me on the road. All me talking to people. All me uh, getting first-hand sound of uh, uh, what was happening there in that election as the uh, uh, Senate flipped into Democratic hands. And I think that we got got some pretty good uh, insight into there, too. Then we do the, the main show for Wednesday with the results, and that includes a lot more of that audio. Then Thursday, we do uh, a, an episode in which we are discussing oh wait, hold on. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday we put out two episodes, I guess, technically. Yeah, Tuesday we put out two episodes because we had the whole uh, episode of The Heaton and Briney. Then Thursday we do a PX3 episode, so that's three dollar exclusive, and now we're doing this episode) In a week in which politics was on fire, I was burning rubber for you, and none more than for the three dollar club at TakePoliticsSeriously dot uh, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, there's uh, uh, we we've seen patreon jump whenever i leap off the cliff y'all catch me it's not like i I put any uh limits on saying like oh well if we get to this thing then i'll go no you guys just take care of me thank you takepoliticsseriously.com three dollar club gets you two bonus podcasts a week guaranteed I go deep in my bag and i tell them i showed sure did oh it's been a while but you can always email us right here at the young american at gmail.com again the young american at gmail.com is where you need to go we begin with tim tim actually wrote into me with his bona fides that he is indeed a very very liberal man who has attended black lives matter rallies and is not coming to this point from a partisan perspective but he asked hey are we making too much out of the Capitol storming He begins the term violent insurrection is tossed around like it was Shays rebellion. Come on. This definitely wasn't a coup attempt. My God, if it was, what was the plan to steal podiums and Nancy Pelosi's mail? I don't think the word violence should be used to describe a protest every time a protester breaks some glass. The behavior, not the beliefs, clearly, of some of the protesters are pretty in line with the behavior of some of the protesters in Minneapolis this summer. The behavior of some of the protesters at the infamous 1999 Seattle protests against the World Trade Organization and other protests which temporarily impeded the regular functioning of local, federal, and international government. We're just talking about this wrong. We're giving the events and therefore the protesters way too much power. As with so many news events, we are acting like this is the end of Western democracy and civilization. Tim, I I do think that there is an element of contextualization that does need to go into this, and it should not be partisan because the only people that I hear saying anything like that are people that are deeply into the defense of what happened. My caveat that I would put on top of it is that there are some things for which you can't screw around with. Like, will a baby be fine if you just push it off the couch? Sure, probably be fine if you push it off the couch. Kids are made of rubber, right? Kids fall down and hit their heads and eat strange stuff all the time. Are the parents of that kid gonna get pissed if you just push that little bitch right off the couch? Oh, hell yeah, they're gonna get pissed. (laughs) Not because it's the worst thing on the planet, because the worst could happen. And that's where I would put Uh, I I will put what happened. Do I agree with you in in your description? Yes. Is it bad when a partisan mob storms the Capitol? Specifically, if even in their meme-fueled aim, it was literally just to take a few selfies and poop in Nancy Pelosi's closet? Yes. Because it's what could happen. Allen writes... You were saying that Pelosi, Biden and McConnell, uh, uh, that with Pelosi, uh, Biden and McConnell, Biden would likely make worse deals even faster because he knows how to work the game in the Senate. However, knowing what you know about the Georgia runoffs flipping the Senate, do you change your position or not? Alan, I'm glad you asked. Yes, I do change my position. Joe Biden will make bad deals even faster. Andrew writes, here's my question for you. Let's say we do find large scale fraud at some point in the future, two months from now. Turns out that 12,000 votes in some states were tampered with. Do you think that there would be a call to extend the timeline between the election and certification of results to allow for more investigations? No, Andrew. And and, uh, as Heaton pointed out in our podcast on Wednesday, uh, Worse than that has happened. An entire state is flipped. Hawaii flipped in 1960, which I didn't even cover in the history podcast I made about 1960. That's how inconsequential it was. But no, look, I, I made this uh, uh, comparison on election day. Elections are like Mr. Meeseeks in uh, <laughs> in in Rick and Morty. They are not meant to live long. And we see what happens the longer that people think that there is skin in the game. When we're talking about the future of the country, so a process that now increasingly takes damn near two years, it's, it, it's hard for people to not enter into a position of healing. And it's actually just dawning on me right now that this is the first time that I can say we are in anything resembling a period of healing. Including after 2016, for the record. Payne writes, I bet Steve Bannon has the weirdest boner right now. I'd imagine it has its own little coat. Brian writes, had you uh, apologized for hi to Biden, I would probably be back in the $3 club right now. You know, uh, 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 I thought I had said my piece about hi to Biden. I still think it was a bad strategy. I mean, honestly, it was a really close election. Uh, I, I think he probably could have won by more if he had set up more of a, a a narrative for himself. And I think he also is in a position now where he doesn't have a driving force for uh, holding all the cards now that he owns the Senate. So uh, I think instability is a recipe for uh, or sorry, a lack of direction is a recipe for people to be upset with you. And there's going to be a lot of people that are upset with them. So while I will miss your $3, uh, Brian, um, I don't like hide to Sorry. Some people are stuck in their ways, and I'm one of them. Ronald writes... I wish you'd stayed a bit longer in Georgia to help answer this question, but in any case, I'd love to hear you address it. According to polling, something like 75% of Republicans believe the presidential race was stolen. However, on the commentary podcast, they referenced internal GOP polling that showed Republicans had the upper hand until the moment Josh Hawley announced that he would vote against certifying the election, at which point their support started slipping. If this info is accurate, Who were these presumable Republicans who would change their vote at this point? I mean, after all the steadily increasing wackiness, why would this be the one thing that gave them pause? Not a rhetorical question. In any case, before the last few weeks, I was in favor of Republicans having more power in the Senate to create some gridlock. After the last few weeks, I feel that the Republicans got their just desserts, and I hope they have more coming. That said... I'm now in a defensive crouch in anticipation of the extra things the Dems will be able to visit upon us thanks to these wins. So, if that were the case, and, and I do not have access to that polling that says that it was the $2,000 kerfuffle that cost the Republicans the race in Georgia, Leffler and Purdue, but it would make sense if just like it's it's hard it's just too many things if you don't have a simple message then you don't have any message and so for republicans for for Perdue and Leffler it was these guys are too radical but also the thing that they're calling for i'm also calling for but i can't get it done but president trump wants it but mitch mcconnell doesn't but we need to get back to the senate because we need to help mitch mcconnell it just became a labyrinthian thing that was not able to turn out people on the level that the Democrats were able to turn out people. And and look, this to me, from, from what I've been able to pay attention to the analysis of that race, which has not been much, admittedly, because I've been busy with, the, with all this other stuff. But the story of that election was Democratic turnout. Republicans got what they thought they were going to need to win, and it wasn't enough. Both of those races ended outside the recount. So more than 0.5%. So if, if, if the question was Trump got the $2,000. All right, so let's say Trump said I'm conceding before but is also able to get the $2,000 thing done. Maybe that's part of it. The negotiations inside the beltway are, look, I'll lay down my sword on this, but we got to get this two thousand dollars thing done now. And that's going to save the Senate. i'll 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 knock it off with ripping the inter uh, ripping the 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 state party. We all go down to Georgia. All of us is one big Republican happy family. And we say the number one thing that needs to happen is Leffler and Purdue need to go and and take care of this all of the things that i achieved are now on the ballot you need to protect them for me we have one big final rally uh uh you know uh, mitch mcconnell sings Freebird. uh ted cruz balances a ball on his nose a uh, little song little dance little seltzer down your pants kimberly Gale will start screaming and uh, uh about a bing bang boom maybe they win you know the way things could have been. Jason writes So, why do you think what is said at a rally matters? I understand that turnouts can be telling, but if you're going to one of those things, then you're most likely voting for that team no matter what. Additionally, if you're going to a rally, it's probably very unlikely that you won't vote, right? So, why do you think the content of those rallies really matter? I don't know if there's like a turn of phrase that necessarily matters. Jason, uh, there are actual, like, X's and O's reasons why uh, rallies really matter, including uh, smart people at those rallies will collect data. In fact, we spoke to somebody on one of the $3 Club episodes who was talking about how drive-in rallies are actually, like, really, really, really helpful for data collection. Because everyone who shows up to a drive-in rally who are sitting in their cars... Or when they get out of their cars, they're very eager to talk to people. And if they're very eager to talk to people, then you can have campaign uh, uh, staffers go in there and get their information, get their demographics, and that just helps for the campaign going forward. As for recruitment, I think the idea is somebody brings their friend and maybe their friend was like, yeah, I like this person, but voting is a very... Deliberative act. You know, you got to make a plan. You got to go and do it. If you're voting early, you got to vote early. Like, so anything that builds the ritual toward that is helpful. Garrett writes, Hey there, Mr. Young. I'm a student at the University of Alabama. And I've been listening to your blog for some time and it inspired me to start a blog. It's called polycystew.wordpress.com. He asked me to give it a shout out. So, Garrett, my boy, here's your shout out. It is uh, P O L I S C I S T U dot WordPress dot com. Always love, always love to support the college kids. Any college kid listening to me, uh, 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 you need a favor, hit me up. I always love supporting you guys. Uh, The country, S V I writes, the country generally. Does like, uh, doesn't like one party holding the House, Senate, and presidency. In Trump, 2024, Republican Party's only hope, Trump's party, the new Republican Party. This will result in a clear-out of old Republicans. The same happened here in the Conservative Party in the UK post-Brexit. Now, I will say to SVI's uh, credit, his idea that Donald Trump would clean house in the Republican Party did happen before he almost had his entire legacy erased and had to concede the election. Um... But I don't know, man. I don't know what happens from here. I think with what happened today, Donald Trump will be more credibly able to distance himself from that moment. Obviously, it'll never be erased in the hearts of those that don't like him. But then again, those that don't like him didn't need any new reason to hate him. But he's going to rehab himself. He's good at figuring out new ways to... uh, keep himself on, on the minds of Americans. Ben writes, I saw someone in the comments pointing out a fart in that leaked Trump call. I immediately thought of you. He even said, excuse me, afterward. Oh, gosh darn it, Ben. To be able to develop... No, we do have material. a way, but I don't want to get into it. Because exactly. We, have, we found a way in other states later. Excuse me. That man farted. <laughs> <laughs> That is a fart, my friends. That is a fart. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben, for letting me know that there was a fart in there. In fact, i failed you. Yes, I've done eight podcasts in five days, but I have failed you. I have failed you because I did not bring you that fart. In fact, God, uh, one of the podcasts this week was me doing a full breakdown of that. That seems like 11 years ago. Jake writes, I come to you with a very broad question. How do you try to explain that politics is local? I know it's a vague question and not everybody will want to hear it. And the power of the Chicago alderman is different than a city council member in Denver. But I'm curious to know your take. My thought on that is is just to focus on issues. When somebody complains about something, then say, okay, well, if government can, can help it, then focus on it. You know, just pick out things that bother people in their lives potholes, uh, uh, street sweeping, snow removal. These are all things that are city uh, uh, run enterprises. So focus on the issues. Martin writes I wonder how you deal with the notion that the Republicans and the Democrats are essentially the same. I know that it is something that malcontents like myself are fond of saying, but. I don't know if it's a stance that I could actually defend if pushed. They both seem scummy, opportunistic, dishonest, conniving, and far more concerned with manipulating—or maintaining their own power than doing anything helpful. I'm always greeted with, yeah, the other party is like that, but my party isn't. Also, that everyone is the same argument is wrong by just being oversimplistic. There clearly are differences between the parties. It just doesn't seem like any of the differences are redeeming. So, what exactly do you see as the differences and similarities between the parties? Is it really fair to put a pox on both their houses? Here's your uh, uh, Martin, Martin, Martin. Welcome. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Because we're we're both these malcontents. We're both the 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 uh, dick wads at the party that uh, you know when everybody else is trying to have a very productive insular party centric conversation we're the the guy we think we look like Fonzie, like leaning up against uh the 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 jukebox but really we're 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 more just somebody that everybody loathes because I'm you know everybody else is trying to play jazz and we're there saying like well actually the polka's the only true improvised music on our accordion um but the key is not to say that the Parties are the same because you're right. The parties are different. And based on party leadership, sometimes they get more or less ruthless, they get more or less effective, but they are always different in the aims that they look to protect. They all are trying to identify with different uh, parts of the political spectrum and they will uh, push their agenda accordingly. But politicians. And here's where I'm going to hip you to the game. It's not that the parties are the same. Politicians are the same. Because now when you get into that argument, you're putting the onus on somebody else to point out an honest politician. A politician that is not self-interested to the point of desecrating the very issues that they are fighting for. Ah, that's the real work, brother. That's the real work. And finally, Connor writes, do you view Trump's loss as a Jimmy Carter if not for X, Y, Z loss, or do you consider it to be the first modern bona fide incumbent loss? Well, both of them I would consider to be incumbent losses. Like, I'm not saying that uh, uh, incumbents can't lose. I'm saying incumbents need extraordinary circumstances to lose. And yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and chalk up the the the, the once in a generation plague as a uh, an issue, <laughs> as an X Y Z issue. I think much like the Iran hostage crisis and uh, uh, the gas shortage, that there were problems within the Carter presidency that exacerbated this thing that landed in their lap. But yeah. COVID could have been something that was very big for Trump. Instead, it was his death knell. But you don't have to die to write in. Nope. You can do it at theyoungamerican at gmail.com. And that will bring the longest podcast week of my life to a close. I want to thank everybody who has stuck with us. Thank you to all the new listeners. These have been very, very well-downloaded episodes. Uh, uh, a reminder that there are many ways that you can support the show. The biggest and the freest is that you just let somebody know. If you uh, enjoyed the way that we covered this and and any part of the election, and as uh, uh, you know, you you get into conversations with people, please recommend us. Uh, there's a plenty of places that you can get it if uh, you need just the... Quickest way to remember where you can can recommend people to go, then just say px3podcast.com. Of course, you can always email us, like people did for this show, at theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can tweet us at px3tweets. You can uh, visit our Twitch, px3live.com. And you can get our free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can uh, send us, a one-time payment on PayPal, paypal.me slash payjury. That is P-A-Y-J-U-R-Y. On Venmo, I am justin-young-20. And you can send a good old-fashioned check or anything else in the mail. P.O. Box 10853, Oakland, California, 94610. But of course, we always like to shout out our Titanic tier on Patreon and there uh, uh, you can get there rather at takepoliticsseriously.com and they go a little something like this I love you TNT, Dr. G, the gen Kathy Mack, Headphones, Neil, Onward to Georgia, Captain Bunzo, Jay Sulu Dallas Danger, Taylor, Middle-Aged Mike but what happened to Tex Get a bucket and a mop. Cujo, Idris, Jacob, Wilson, Berkeley, Stephen, Justin, Egan. Junkie, Diana, Sunny Smiles, Tempest, Fugit, Jason with Magnolia, Delta Credit Card Processing, and D Laser. Joined as always by Neil, Archie, Darren, Paul, David, Olin, and Angela. D L. Kyle, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Miranda Janelle, Jenny, Robert, Paul. The most conscientious nonpartisan listeners, David, Brad, Richard, uh, D. Laser, Chris, just another pilot, Mike, that's middle-aged Mike, uh, D. really Frozen Summers, J Pink, and Andrew. Join the ranks. Head on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. I'm going to collapse, man. I'm like that, that video of the guy like wobbling at, at the end of the Iron Man competition, until next time, I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for sending me. Uh, hopefully, I won't ca- collapse because I have COVID. I don't think I have COVID, but I am quarantining right now. So, till next time, till Monday, I swear to God, I'm not going to bother you in another 24 hours. I shouldn't say that. Knock on wood that there's not emergency news in the next 48 hours. Uh, uh, I'll see you later. A reminder that some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more talk about politics, but this is the only one that talks about home. hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs> dog and pony show audio to be able to develop no we do have a, a way but I don't want to get into it exactly. because we have we found a way another states later excuse me